The Holy Gospel according to Matthew, the 10th chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus says to his disciples, Whoever welcomes you welcomes me, and whoever welcomes me welcomes the one who sent me. Whoever welcomes a prophet in the name of a prophet will receive a prophet's reward. And whoever welcomes a righteous person in the name of a righteous person will receive the reward of the righteous. And whoever gives even a cup of cold water to one of these little ones in the name of a disciple, truly I tell you, none of these will lose their reward. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. You may be seated. Beloved family of God, grace and peace to you from God, our Creator, and our Lord and Savior, Jesus the Christ. Amen. I think this week's reading is a little bit of a, a sigh of relief from Jesus' teaching last week, right? We've been in, in what's called the mission discourse. Jesus charging his disciples then to be sent out to go spread the good news that the kingdom of God is near. But last week's was a, a little bit... Uh, a little bit of a hard reading to hear, talking about Jesus bringing conflict, Jesus bringing uh, sons against fathers, daughters against mothers, and the like. But this is where Jesus is leading. This new community that Jesus builds together where we welcome one another in Jesus' name. If we remember two weeks ago, Pastor Aaron talked about the start of this charge where Jesus noted that there were so few laborers out in the vineyard and then sent the disciples out to gather the harvest, to go and sow the seeds and gather what is sown of all that God has done. And last week, Jesus continued to talk about the ways in which our being sent out will create conflicts in our relationship. But all of this, is Jesus setting his disciples on a course for being wholly devoted to loving God and loving our neighbor. And sometimes that causes conflicts. Because sometimes that can disrupt our priorities. It can disrupt the priorities that other people think we should have in order to place the work of God's kingdom at the center. Things like feeding the hungry, clothing the naked, and freeing the captives. I think with it being the 4th of July weekend, we hear a lot about freedom this time of year. And one of the ways that we think about freedom is best summed up by a, a conversation I overheard in my backyard the other day with uh, my kids. I have an 8-year-old and a 4-year-old, and there's some neighbor kids. There's six of them that they all play together. And I get to overhear some pretty interesting conversations happening uh, among this group of four to ten-year-olds. And they were playing in the backyard, and uh, they were playing together, and it got a little rough. And I heard one of the kids say, ow, ow, that hurts, you can't do that. And another kid responded, and tell me if this sounds familiar. Another kid responded, it's a free country, I can do what I want. Okay, we recognize that idea of freedom, right? It's a free country, I can do what I want. That freedom that kind of follows every impulse a person could have and has no fear or concept of consequences. 
But Jesus teaches about a different kind of freedom as he sends the disciples out. And I think Martin Luther talks about this in a way that's really helpful, frames it in a way that's really helpful. He, he wrote a treatise, wrote a document called The Freedom of a Christian. And he says, A Christian is the most free Lord of all, subject to none, and also the most dutiful servant of all, subject to everyone. Basically, he says that Christ has freed us from the power of sin and death. Christ has set us free from all of the things that hold us back from loving God and loving our neighbor so that we're no longer bound by those constraints. And Christ has freed us for a life dedicated to following Jesus. To be wholly devoted to following God and following our neighbor. And we heard that in Paul's letter to the Romans today, right? We heard that in Paul wrestling of, because we live under grace, does that mean we can just do whatever we want? No. It means we are set free from the power of sin and death to follow Jesus. Freed to follow. So it's, it's less of a, it's a free country, I can do what I want sort of freedom. And more of a God has broken the hold that sin has had on us. So now we can serve others in gratitude and gladness without counting the cost. And this is something that we spend our whole lives living into. Jesus knows that. <laughs> and it's why he ends this mission charge to his disciples talking about welcome. So we've spent the last three weeks in what's called this mission discourse where Jesus sends out his disciples. These are the last few verses of that charge. He says, whoever welcomes you welcomes me. Whoever welcomes me welcomes the one who sent me. Jesus reminds the disciples of the importance of having open hearts and minds to the people they'll encounter on their journey. In giving this charge to the disciples, he gives that same charge to us as well. And Jesus calls us to do this enthusiastically as well. In verse 42, he says, Whoever gives a cup of cold water to one of these little ones in the name of a disciple, none of these will lose their reward. The term that gets translated little ones here is a Greek word called mikros, where we get micro, right? Little ones. It refers not only to children, <clears throat> but also to people and populations who are considered vulnerable or who were at risk in their society, who were made to be small in their society. And in the dog days of summer, I think we can appreciate how wonderful it feels when someone gives us a cup of cold water, right? In those days, uh, it was a little bit trickier. It was a little bit more difficult to get someone a cup of cold water even than it would be today. They didn't have sinks with hot water, cold water handles, right? They didn't have refrigerators to keep water extra cold, especially in the desert landscapes of ancient Israel. So in order to get cold water, someone would have to go to the well. And this may have been quite a walk. Then to get the coldest water, they'd have to go deep down into the well to get that cold water. And then once they've pulled that water up from the deep well, 
they'd have to get home pretty fast before that water started to heat up, right? It's a lot of effort to get someone a cup of cold water. <laughs> it's an incredible outpouring of hospitality to give someone a cup of cold water, and yet this is the image that Jesus uses. It's a way for Jesus to express in terms that we can kind of understand the extent to which God goes for each and every one of us every day. Mother Teresa often reminds us of this same thing when she says that every day we encounter Christ in distressing disguise. She says we encounter Christ in those hungry not only for bread, but hungry for love. Naked not only for clothing, but naked of human dignity and respect. Homeless not only for a want of room of bricks, but homeless because of rejection. We're called to this work along with the disciples to welcome others as Christ has welcomed us, to feed others as Christ has fed us, to clothe others as Christ has clothed us, to love others as Christ has loved us, to have compassion on others as Christ has had compassion on us. It's in this way that we get to show Christ's love with and for one another. I think a common response to this is, well, I've never seen Jesus feed me before. Jesus has never been responsible for the meals. It's been the, the cafeteria workers and the parents and the neighbors and all of these other people who feed us. And, well, yeah. Yeah. You may say, I've never seen Jesus clothe me, only my grandmother making sure I had new socks every Christmas. Yeah. Yeah, it's in these ways that we remember that members of our community, members of our great cloud of witnesses, cafeteria workers and grandmothers and every other caring person who has reached out in love, yeah, they've enacted the love and the welcome of Jesus. They've shown us Jesus' love and care in that same way. And that calls us to pay it forward, to enact the love and welcome of Jesus toward others. We're called to represent Christ to the stranger and then to encounter Christ in the stranger. The way that this works, this relationship of welcome, flows back and forth to us and from us as disciples of Jesus, because this is how God meets us in the work of radical hospitality shown us in the love of others that we then get to extend forward. So as we celebrate this Independence Day weekend, may we remember that Jesus has set us free from all that holds us back so that we may love and serve God and our neighbor. May we remember the love of God that we have received through the hospitality of others. May we remember that we are blessed to be a blessing, to share the radical hospitality of Jesus to everyone we meet. Amen.